welcome to Getting to Show You, a podcast where my friend Lou and I take turns introducing each other and you, the listeners, to media that we love. I'm Balth, and this episode I have the pleasure of getting to show you The Three Musketeers, the musical. Or oh, yeah. as it would be in the Dutch original, I'm not gonna say that. I don't know why, why I announced that. I don't speak Dutch. Don't know why you built up to that. Yeah, don't don't know either. Amazing. <laughs> yep. Yeah, it's it's I I know what it's called. I just don't know how to say it. Also, I don't know how to say the number three. I knew once upon a time. Hmm. Three. Because I used to learn Dutch, but uh, that's not oh. part of this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's fun to learn things about you. I didn't know yeah. that about you. Yeah, just online and on Duolingo for a bit, but I mean, it is kind of like part of this because the reason I learned Dutch is because I was watching a lot of Dutch musicals at the time and I guess <laughs> yeah that already is part of it but um, how do we usually start this I mean first of all you tell me about your expectations right <laughs> yeah usually uh, yeah that's usually okay. we do not have a cold open <laughs> where we just talk about <laughs> our lives no <laughs> no um this is no, not a yeah okay, i actually so, yeah. i i wrote down my expectations before i went in and i didn't write down much i just wrote down that i'm expecting a sort of like a whitewash story so that the musketeers mm -hmm. are like the good guys and the heroes and you're supposed to root for everything they do mm -hmm. and everyone else is evil and they're perfect and they never did anything wrong in their lives um and the other note i took was the music will fuck because i do know that the composer is the guy who did the music write some good ass music so i was like i really fucking hope this fucks as hard as i'm expecting it to yeah i mean i think well i was I right i was right on both accounts just both throw them, yeah. already spoiling that i was correct on both accounts okay yeah well um the music does fuck severely, severely. um so yeah maybe some some background on the musical the musical it premiered in 2003 uh in holland it's a dutch musical by two composers bolland and bolland uh who the bolland bros yeah the, the bolland bros i guess Love them. um who are like they don't write musicals usually they write pop music um like uh they wrote for falco and rocky and is from. one of their songs yeah They also um, wrote um, the song that was made familiar by Status Quo in the Army Now, which is oh, like a right. cover and it's originally their song. Um, so yeah, then they decided to write a musical. Um, <laughs> this is what, uh, what happened. Uh, this is what they chose. Yes, and this is what they chose. And the musical came to Germany in 2005, uh, which is when I saw it for the first oh. time. Um, and went to see it several more times. Oh. I basically spent my teenage years <laughs> spending money on, on musicals. Uh, and this was one of the ones that I probably have seen the most. Um, it's not on big stages anymore. Like the last few years, I haven't seen it on big stages. It's sometimes in like summer theater festivals. Um, but I haven't caught it um, these past few years. I've, I saw an amateur production of it last, like, winter. Nice. And that was nuts, because it's not an easy musical. No. 
Um, no, no. Oh, no. Yeah, oh, I have thoughts. That was just a group of students um, who spent five years on, like, getting this show on the stage. I mean, five years because it was also COVID. It wasn't <laughs> supposed to, like, be five years of rehearsals. But, yeah, they they staged it, and it was pretty impressive. Um, that was the last time I saw it. Um, so many and... more times than I've seen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so that's where i'm coming from here i do love the musical i mean it, it is absolutely silly and um it, it does have a lot of problems but uh, <laughs> i will forgive it because this is yeah, also fair. kind of my child i guess well yeah. there's no son of mine so i will be ruthless <laughs> mm-hmm. do your worst and i mean i, I know it, it deserves it nah it's fun. I mean, I wanted to see the musical for a while now because um, I have read the book and I love the book. I really enjoyed it a lot. And um, I tried watching the music. I never got around to it and COVID happened. Didn't get around mm-hmm. to that. So I'm very happy that you chose this and I finally got to see a version mm-hmm. of it. Yeah, I think I probably should also preface that I don't know anything about <laughs> the book. I, I, re- I read the book <laughs> when I first watched the musical, I think. But that was more than 10 years ago, so yeah, I have okay, no fair. memory of it. Yeah, I read it this um, year, but that does not mean anything. I, uh, As uh, eagle-eared <laughs> listeners will notice, um, mm-hmm. I am going to fumble a lot of the facts of the novel. But that's also partially because there's so many adaptations out there. And since reading it, I've already been exposed to so much that I'm confused again about what happened in the book and what the... <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yes, that's, this is one of the, like, classics where every adaptation of it absolutely takes so many liberties. So many. And <laughs> so it's fair that uh, people would get mixed up with what's actually in this book. I mean, that is where my um, expectations come from. I know mm-hmm. that this happens with every single adaptation of this book. I don't think there's a single one that stays somewhat faithful to the characterization and everything of the original book. So mm-hmm. I just, I knew without even knowing anything about the musical that it will do the same thing that everyone else does, which is turn the musketeers into heroes and completely erase any faults that they had, which is wild to me because the thing that made the book so enjoyable to me is that it's very open about how extremely problematic these characters are. It does not fuck around. Like There are several points where the narration comes to a halt, addresses the reader, and is like, hey, we know that this is a fucked up thing for them to do right now, but you Mm -hmm. have to understand that back then that was like more acceptable. So you kind of just have to move on now from that. Like It actively Mm -hmm. tells you, the reader, that these characters are fucked up. (laughs) Like They do bad things. And like it even like this book is already as old to us as the musketeers times were to the time Mm. it was written and like even then it was like hey we know the shit don't fly anymore but just accept it because that's what makes the story so good so let's move on Mm -hmm. and that is what was so compelling to me like you have these absolutely fucked up characters in a way that i mean today they would never like make characters like this anymore in modern media which is mm-hmm. also why they are never adapted correctly mm-hmm. but like they're not good people and yeah. you can guess that if you remember they are i mean i like to say this and a lot of people are probably mad at me for this but the musketeers are cops that is just the thing they are it cops they yeah. are the the personal guard of the king 
We are not pro-monarchy in in this household. We do not support monarchies. Okay, just let's get that straight out there. And um, historical context here is very important and often forgotten and erased in favor of making them very likable guys, which I think is a shame. It would be yeah. so fun to watch an adaptation that's like, yep, they suck. But hey, that's a good story. <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is this is not that story. Like, nope. Honestly, nope. they are like the music from the first moment on tells you this is yep. a hero's journey. Yes. Um, this is uh, okay. a guy who does great shit yep. and is sometimes a dumbass. But uh, yeah, it no. is. And truly... also, yeah, like you said, it is completely they are the good guys. If they fuck up, like some they do fucked up shit as well in this one. But it's funny and i i guess it's completely reframed it is uh, not framed in the way that the book frames it as hey we know this is fucked up please um just accept it it's fucked Mm -hmm. up in the way that you know cop shows are (laughs) 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 hey they break the law but in the end that's that was the good choice because it got the bad guy like that's sort of the vibe that they're going with yes okay i see yeah like, musketeers mm-hmm. are cops you can quote me on that <laughs> <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> um, and, i mean the historical context is heavy and i respect that the musical opens with a number that's like okay it's trying to distill this historical context into mm-hmm. a single musical number and i think they, 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 listen respect that they, they did okay they did a good job considering the mm-hmm. framework that they have to work with because that book is big and mm-hmm. it really actually does address a lot of the historical context in a very entertaining way like not i i know he's criticized often for it and i don't actually agree with it but victor Hugo is often criticized for being way too dry with like going out and explaining historical stuff and details and Alessandro Dumas is not like that at all. I feel it was very entertaining to learn about mm-hmm. history from this book, if that makes any sense. It was it, it was really written into the story very well. Um, but uh, the book is very big, um, considering all things. And the musical yeah. doesn't have even a fraction of the time to tell you the same history. So I respect mm. what they did with the opening number there. Yeah. They did a very entertaining, very good choice with the theater. Yeah, I love that that uh, like pool. framing with mm-hmm. we are experiencing a play in a play. This is kind of meta. Um, yeah. We are getting told a yeah. story and we're getting it like t- told the story in a way that makes it a good story, an interesting story. And it's very easy. You, you know right away when he like when the heroes introduce that that's the hero, like yeah. D'Artagnan, of course. Um, and when the villain gets introduced, he is so like, Richelieu is such a good villain in the musical. Um, He's very excited to talk about him. But yes. Yeah. Like you have all these players at the moment they're introduced to you. You're immediately straightforwardly told, oh, this is the guy and that's their deal. And that's how they will. It also like relies heavily on the general knowledge that everyone has about the story. It's like, yeah, yeah, you all know D'Artagnan. That's, Mm -hmm. I mean wink wink notch notch you know um mm-hmm. but uh, the thing that already got me like immediately during the opening number was the thought that i enjoy watching this filmed version but god i would have loved seeing this live mm-hmm. like sometimes i watch a recorded version of a musical and i'm like i'm okay I, this is good this was fun i, mm-hmm. I had a good time and would have loved seeing it live but like i'm fed like i'm okay <laughs> This one, yeah. I'm like, ugh, every single time I was like, this would be so fun to see live. Mm-hmm. It is very good live. Like, 
like I said, I went to see it a couple of yeah, times. I can, yeah. um, like also because like there is a, a professional recording of it, but it's in Dutch and it's the Dutch version. Yeah. And um, they took like they made some changes when they adapted Classic. it for Germany. Classic like, German music. Yeah, <laughs> put put in different songs, um, changed a few numbers. It's like the the um, the look of it is very different. Like oh the, okay. Um, because original, it's very distinct <laughs> yeah the original dutch one is more abstract like sometimes okay. you basically have an empty stage with like weird costumes the german one is like kind of historical with the settings I and fucking, the staging i love like the stage the the, mm-hmm. the 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 sets are absolutely incredible i kept being blown away by how elaborate yeah. the sets are the costumes while the modern choices that they made out there yeah. out there like giving the queen what i can only describe as prom dresses yeah fucking incredible shit <laughs> I, I love that because like um the they find such an interesting mix between like kind of yeah. historical yeah. costumes that they look costumey and it's yeah. fine it's the way they're supposed to look because like you said we're kind of watching a story and we know this is like a story that plays out and not a, a historical you know realism yeah. thing but then they throw in random costumes there also, that are so out there. I think what especially um, cements this is very entertaining is that this is from the 2000s. Yeah. And you can tell. <laughs> you, absolutely. It is. Like the costume choices. Of its time. I, I yes. remember this from my youth. Uh, from my yeah. time as a tween trying to figure out what I want to dress like. <laughs> I remember some of these costume pieces vividly as yeah. just things that people wore out there <laughs> yes yeah They're and wonderful. it does feel like a kind of it is kind of whimsical in that way oh, or like even campy I mean, in, in ways what struck me and constantly distracted me is the incredibly elaborate puppet work which mm-hmm. you don't go into the three musketeers expecting puppetry but you I are know. getting puppetry expert level top tier puppetry that is almost distressingly detailed and just complicated i kept Mm -hmm. being like why 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 it's once again this you watch a story you watch an engaging play of like they put the fucking warhorse on there (laughs) yeah honestly that's one of my notes is like yeah the the horse from the tear like warhorse wishes it was as good as pom the terror (laughs) (laughs) no literally it's so i really i wrote just wrote down horse why (laughs) the horse is so good and it like it appears for the first half hour and then it's gone yeah no i mean that's that's what happens in the story he immediately (laughs) sells it (laughs) but they like they put so much work and effort into portraying this horse as like good as they can with these two people in this huge puppet and it's so detailed and it's so good but they only use it for half an hour and then you don't see it again. It's and also, so like, the poodles or, like, these dogs that the, dogs. the king and queen have, yeah. they're there for one scene and they're so elaborate. Distractingly elaborate. Yeah. yeah. I, fucking incredible. I don't Because you don't expect... I mean, the sets are super elaborate as well. Mm-hmm. I keep, I have to repeat it. The sets are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. But you just don't expect the puppets. <laughs> you just don't yeah. expect them. <laughs> it, it is wild. They made such choices there. What I did spend um, a lot of my time watching this musical with was trying to figure out the riddle that is, who the fuck is Milady in love with? 
Oh, that's okay. not a thing that happens in the book. So the first mention, like during her first song, like her first appearance, her first song, she mentions like, I'm not sure what exactly she says, but like looking for some guy who she's in love with, like trying to mm-hmm. come back together with him. And mm-hmm. I sat there like, who? Who? Like, I really wrote down Milady slash who? Because uh-huh. I, I genuinely wasn't sure what angle they were going to play here. <laughs> interesting because <laughs> that woman because in the book is not motivated by love in any way shape or form is i is there another adaptation like a movie or something where they also did that where like because i so clearly Maybe. remember uh, watching a movie where that also happens and i thought it was the, in the, the book. thing is I, I, w- I wouldn't be surprised if just like, you know, the musketeers are the good guys and never do wrong. This thing like, oh, my lady secretly is just trying to get back with uh, mm-hmm. Athos. Oh, this is going to be the biggest challenge this episode. Mm-hmm. Which pronunciation do we go with for these French people? <laughs> well, I, I use the German one because I don't know French and I don't know how they, like, the English-speaking people say it. So I'm yeah, just going to say it how they say it in the German. I'm, I'm just going to go with a vaguely European Penish um, <laughs> okay. Athos, and that that is not like that. That the thing is, I would. I, this doesn't surprise me in the least. It's just disappointing. But Milady is the greatest in the book, the greatest villain in the world mm-hmm. to me. I support women's rights and I support women's wrongs, mm-hmm. especially Milady's wrongs, because that mm-hmm. woman did nothing wrong. She's a victim. She's a victim. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, the musical takes so many liberties with her stories. It is mm-hmm. truly wild. And I think it's like it almost borders on cowardly because the story is so good. Like mm-hmm. I, I started reading it with this common idea of, oh, the musketeers are the cool good guys with their swords and Milady's the evil scheming woman. I came out of this book. I literally closed the book and I, I went on the internet and I was like, Milady did nothing wrong. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. she is perfect and beautiful, and um, the Musketeers are cops. Uh, it's, I, it's yeah. I mean, I do find Milady so compelling. In the I, but I did exactly what I did like is that they gave her so so much like personal like perspective mm-hmm. and voice. Like she got to talk about her mm-hmm. perspective. It's just a shame that it started out incredibly good with this. Like I was you know, a woman who was treated horribly because I'm a woman, so now I'm going mm-hmm. to turn this around on the world. But then they warped it into this. So I can go back to the person I love. Like, it was so mm-hmm. close to being perfect to me because I was so excited at first. Like, oh, fuck yeah, this mm-hmm. the greatest villain I've ever seen gets, you know, to talk about it. Okay. And then they ruined it for me. <laughs> no, I, I do have some thoughts on the, I guess, hashtag feminism of <laughs> the women in the story i have some thoughts on that but i think we have to do that later but for me personally what i always liked was that yeah she is absolutely ruthless and she will do anything but her motivation is not like revenge or it's anything like that she literally just wants to go back like she has this ideal of she can be pure again or like can be um can be good again if she only gets her love back and of course you know that's not possible like she's kind of doomed from the beginning um good. so i i love that that she dreams of this love that will f- like save her and fix her but you know that it will never happen and and this is like she has these two sides 
that immediately in, in her first song. Like, I, I think it's so fun that Darshan Dior gets an I want song with, like, you know, heute ist der Tag, today's the day that everything changes. I'm gonna be a musketeer. And then the very next song, Milady the Winter gets one as well. Like, True. she's kind of like the second main character of this story. Yeah, I, that's why I was so excited. Because mm -hmm. I was like, fuck, finally she gets the time yeah. she deserves. And and she is, she's layered and complicated in a yeah. way that you know she will have to fail in the end. <laughs> um, but there, I love that there's this like softness to her. And yeah. I, I do truly understand that this is a great way to write a musical. I, I want to preface this. I don't think they did anything like wrong by choosing yeah. this. I just think it's a wasted opportunity to not let her yeah. be the evil scheming bitch that she is in the novel. She's absolutely <laughs> I mean, fantastic. She, she's I'm in still love with pretty her. evil. She is. Yeah, but she, yeah. the thing is, because the musketeers have to be whitewashed so much, a lot of her backstory is lost because mm -hmm. you cannot have her backstory without being like, oh, these guys are not the good guys, I think, maybe. Because mm -hmm. her backstory is, when she was young, she fell in love with a priest or some guy, some mm -hmm. church person, and the feelings were reciprocated. But because he was of the church, she was turned into this image of, you know, evil seductress woman mm -hmm. who, you know, took this man away from his religion. Mm -hmm. So she was branded with this... Um, mark that she has the mm -hmm. blurredly and yeah. um you know she tried to start a new life run away and like she realized oh the, this world is kind of against me and she uh, eventually met atos mm -hmm. um whom she married and she you know it was like I, I guess there is this implication that there really was love there like she didn't mm -hmm. just do it because he had money or whatever although the implication is heavily there that she and her lover whom she pretended was her brother which is trying to get to his money but like it was never like explicitly stated like oh she's mm -hmm. going to kill him for his money or anything like that like that wasn't mm -hmm. part of her story but he eventually discovered this mark that she has and he was like oh only bad people have this mark so what he did and this is so fucked up and i cannot get over that no adaptation will admit to this is he took her he stripped her naked and tried to hang her actually he did hang her he just didn't realize that he failed. He thought he okay. killed her. Cool. I mean, yeah, so okay, that that at least tells me that the whole Atos business is also in the novel, because that's what yeah. I was confused no, about. No, I'm like, yes, that, that is true, but it's there. not there is no love there. <laughs> you okay, know? He he, so. he wanted the whole world to see how bad a person she is because mm -hmm. she has this mark that only uh, she can only have if she's like the most evil scheming person mm -hmm. in the world even though her only fault was loving somebody mm -hmm. who she shouldn't have loved and mm -hmm. you know he genuinely wanted her dead and hanged her That's naked and it's fucked up as hell and so yeah then she was like okay you know what this world sucks and i'm going to do everything to give it back what it gave to me mm -hmm. like no mercy yeah. <laughs> and i understand that i respect that and i think she was correct to be like that mm -hmm. all these people suck i mean then the approach the musical takes is taking it into more of an extreme in one way and like mi making it more mild in another way because like in this story she was literally raped by like a person of the church by a priest yeah and, and i that's didn't how she like got the mark I and I like that is completely taken the fault away from what role atos played in 
her yeah because horrifying Atos, backstory yeah that's the part where they they make it way more mild he finds out that she has this mark and without even like letting her explain yep. why she has it he just kicks her out and that's when she decides well all men are trash and uh even the ones who like thought were good um yeah. are shitty and i hate men and also i'm gonna kill everyone that gets in my way and like stops me from getting back my good name or whatever um but yeah so i mean they made it more harsh in one way because like yeah I did not know that she doesn't get um, abused and raped in the original. I don't so actually that's... don't. I can't say for sure that that doesn't happen. It's possible that it was at one point in her backstory also mm -hmm. a, a point, but I, I I couldn't tell. Again, too many adaptations mm -hmm. out there. Yeah. But yeah, it's yeah there, and I think she is completely correct to try and kill everyone in her way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And also, um, her she find in in the musical she kills herself to escape whatever complicated stuff is about to happen to her in the mm -hmm. book. The Musketeers, they hired the brother of um, the priest from way mm -hmm. back who um, who was back there. And he's like, this evil, stupid lady seduced my brother. How dare she? And I've been looking for her everywhere. Thank you for finding her for me. And they are all like, yes, we vote this woman guilty, even though we have no jurisdictional power in this country. But we still vote that. And mm -hmm. then the guy chops off her head cool. as punishment yeah. for her crimes. Oh yeah, I think I remember that from an adaptation that I've seen that she gets. She beheaded. is not the villain of the story. No, she definitely isn't. Um, also, I at one, one point, um, yeah. D'Artagnan in the book, a hundred percent, does what would today be considered possibly raping her because he pretends to be someone else to be with her. Cool. Yeah, that's great. Fuck. Okay. Fuck the, <laughs> fuck the musketeer. This is a musketeer yeah. hate hate household. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, but one one important uh, bit about Milady de Winter, I think, is that in both the original Dutch version and the German version, um, she was portrayed uh, by Pia Dowes, who is a Dutch um, musical actress who like um, is working in Germany a lot and lives in Germany. Um, and she is like one of the biggest musical stars that we have. She over is here. absolutely incredible. And I think the reason that Milady the Winter is such a big part is because it was probably clear early on that she was going to portray it. Nice. And I, I think that shaped the role. Um, Very well deserved. She's extent. incredible. I mean, as she a is. musical character, I'm okay with the choices they made. Yeah. That's great. Absolutely fantastic. Mm -hmm. I just think, you know, give her mm -hmm. a chance. <laughs> Give, yeah. give book Milady a chance, you know? <laughs> okay, now now I want to read the book. I mean, I knew yeah. this was going to happen. By the end of this episode, I will say, oh, damn, I want to read this book. Um, didn't expect it to happen so early, but <laughs> here we are. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, Milady the Winter in the musical with like her I Want song, it is such a banger. It's very like, good. The the staging also her coming in in the, in that latex dress. <laughs> I think that's like one of the first clear visuals mm. of breaking mm -hmm. this yeah. historical. Yeah, um, that is true. She's yeah. the first first person who steps out, and I'm like, oh, oh, yeah. gee. I I, <laughs> I thought I took a note on that, but apparently I didn't. I think I was too distracted by her everything i guess mm -hmm. but yeah that that was when you realize oh that's the costuming choices we're going with yeah yes it is i mean they so heavily lean into the like i guess 
dominatrix <laughs> thing with her. Not yet in this song, song but uh, they they will, uh, yeah, they will lean into it even more later. Oh, the choices they make. Yeah, such choices. Um, next we have the uh, Paris number where we meet uh, the other right. musketeers. Yeah. I, I believe that this is probably what all adaptations do, but like the way that he meets the musketeers, almost exactly like the book. However, the insults that he gives them that makes them challenge him to a duel, different. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming they don't translate well into the modern world, like the original insults. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why they um, changed it so that the modern mm-hmm. audience immediately is like, ah, okay, they're insulted, they challenge him to a duel. But mm-hmm. it always confuses me. <laughs> yeah. I it's mean, like, it it's so specific simple. in the book, and then the musical is like... Yeah. <laughs> the musical's like, yeah, he calls Athos old, he calls uh, Portos fat, yeah. he steals a hanky from Arami, like, um, gets like in between him flirting with a woman. Yeah. That's... It, like, characterizes them uh, already in a way. It's very simplified. I mean, it it's the, the, the of sort of very across. similar characterizations are... Like, the character, surprisingly, the musketeer characterizations, aside from being too pure, um, very always very close to the book. The book is very good at characters, and mm-hmm. um, they're very timeless in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know... I'm not even entirely sure if the book has Portos as being, like, a big guy... Mm-hmm. It might be, but it's not as played up as I feel like adaptations usually yeah. play it up because we understand this as like a shorthand for something. While mm-hmm. in the book, it's more about like he's vain and he like tries to dress like nobility, but he doesn't have the means, so he always looks mm-hmm. kind of foolish. And that's sort of what where the insult comes from. Like uh, mm-hmm. D'Artagnan insults his coat and he's like, oh, fuck you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. that's sort of the problem. I see. No, I mean, Portos in the musical is his only character. Like, yeah, his only character only... is that he is fat, yeah. He is fat and it's he eats a lot. That's very that's distressing, it. too. It's, it's uh, extremely reduced. I mean, I'm used to them being yeah. reduced to one character trait, but that was rough to watch mm-hmm. parts. So I was like, okay, well, that's that's the joke they're going with. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <sighs> It is very sad because, um, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, I think, and that gets clear in that moment, um, like in the Paris uh, number, is that it is kind of an ensemble piece. Like, D'Artagnan oh. is in the middle of it. Like, he is is the main character. Yeah. But like I said, he gets an I Want song. Milady gets an I Want song. Then all the Musketeers get introduced in a big, like... Um, um, ensemble number. They have a huge and ensemble too. Yes, that and really then... surprised me. So many people on that stage. Yeah. And, like I, I didn't realize how big that stage was at first, and I was like, Jesus Christ, there's it's like hundreds huge, of people. Yeah. It feels like up there. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's where they also staged uh, shows like Wicked and mm. uh, like uh, other sense. big uh, like mega musicals. Um, yeah, it because is. It looks so stage. small on your screen. <laughs> I know, I know. Recording. Um, yeah, with lo- loads and loads of people. And to me, it feels like an ensemble uh, piece where like, they try to get you as much insight into every character and their motivation as mm. possible, which makes it so wild that two of the three musketeers from the title basically have no characteristics at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. I mean... Because like, in the book, their characterizations are so like 
complex in the end because it has so much time to spend on them. Mm-hmm. And the musical is like, fuck that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it works under the assumption that you know you the general gist yeah. of who the Musketeers are. Like, you can watch this completely without having, like, watched or read any Musketeers yeah. media. It still works, because that's probably what I did when I first watched it. I had no idea. <laughs> Only read it just a couple of years later, I guess. Um, But, yeah, it's... Uh, they don't go into um, Portos and Arami a lot, because they are just basically there as background support side characters you know comic relief that's them that's them <laughs> that's, yeah and, and i do, I I do want to note here that the most yeah. recent adaptation that i did see of the three musketeers was um at the cinema it was the french is it french european yeah the most recent adaptation i saw was a 2023 production like pan-european but mostly french movie um starring Amongst others, um, Eva Green as Milady, fantastic casting. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And uh, that has all the same faults as all the other ones, but it is the first one that I have seen and know of where one of the Musketeers is queer. And mm-hmm. it shocks me because reading the book, I was like, oh, there's vibes here that are very strong. Like, I feel like it's one of those things where if you know how to read, implications of queerness Mm -hmm. you will see them in this book and it shocked me that no one has ever done it before and the movie Mm -hmm. did it with uh, Portos who's um, Mm. yeah seen in like there's a a small dialogue between him and D'Artagnan about like I don't know that he likes to eat and he likes to have sex and all that stuff and where he like references that he will sleep with anyone like it doesn't care about it as long as it can consent or something like that was the line I don't remember and like you later see him wake like sleeping in a bed with like a woman and a man and that was the first time I've seen any adaptation Mm -hmm. acknowledge the queer subtext of these stories see that's that they could have done that yeah they could have done that but they, they didn't. It's, they it's instead chose <laughs> what I easy to not make him just fat and like to eat. He is a hedonist, I guess. <laughs> you know. Yeah, and yeah, exactly. That, that's sort of what what they went with, and that yeah. I really respect. I really enjoyed that. And why mm-hmm. that's not exactly the way that I felt the book was reading when you read the queer subtext, because it feels way more as between the musketeers. But um, still, mad respect for mm-hmm. not shying away from that. Um, yeah. The musical um, also addresses homosexuality as a thing that existed back then. However, it does it in the most homophobic way imaginable. Yeah, like everything in the early aughts. Like. <laughs> it, is, it, is. Uh, it was a stark reminder of the times, for sure. That... Yes, absolutely. Uh, uh, I know we're yeah. jumping ahead, but it's just oof, r- rough times. Although the actor, mm-hmm. I gotta say, the actor of Buckingham's assistant, yeah. I don't know what he's supposed to be. <laughs> absolutely yeah. absolutely stole the scene he did the best yeah. with what he was given <laughs> i was for reasons that i did not understand at the time obsessed with him of yeah. course <laughs> he's great he's great yeah i was also because that that kind of brings us to our next bit i was completely obsessed with richelieu he is fuck yeah such a character fuck yeah this motherfucker, they really did a good job with this guy. <laughs> I mean, they found his aesthetic and they Holy went with it. 
every <laughs> single song of his is a banger. All his costumes I, are fucking amazing. I, I, I did write down, I know this is act two, we're way whatever, but I, I believe the song is probably called Korea Laysan. Mm. I'm assuming it's like the big, season, uh, big act two banger mm. that he has. It is... It starts out and you're like, oh, now this is the Bolland Brothers, like, at their absolute best. We're having a good time. The vibes are incredible. And then the scene changes during the song. And there's this this increasing feeling of, what the fuck is going on? (laughs) That I truly, I had a very good time with the song. I I think I went back to watch it a couple of times because the music fucks so hard. The staging is absolutely insane like there's no other way to describe it it is insane you have the dancers as like demons from hell half naked and you yep. have you have Richelieu wearing red leather pants this red capey shirt like half historical mm-hmm. half modern with like capey arm like everything is just flowy and then the boots from kinky boots being put on next door or something it's yeah. A vibe. It is the greatest vibe I've ever seen. Like they were, they were like we we may not address the um, horrifying things that you know the Catholic Church and monarchy did at the time. But what we can do is tell you that we have no respect for this man as a historical figure. Absolutely no. <laughs> he is just a plaything for the producers of this musical. Um, and they they put him in outfits. They make him dance. They like. They put, yeah, it's amazing. It is so horny in the best way imaginable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like, you know, when when they put actual gay an actual gay character in there, that's homophobic. But everything they did with Richelieu, that's for the gay people. That is for the gay people. It, but it, it is. really is. Like the guy yeah. to the actor, I'm sorry, I don't know him, but mm-hmm. his voice, his the way he looks in that insane mm-hmm. costume that they gave him also before yeah. that he wore, wore like a fur a red fur coat over it to yes, hide uh, yeah. just how wild his costume is going to be soon mm-hmm. yeah, fucking king shit yeah the actor is ethan freeman by the way who's okay. an american who also works a lot in german musical theater okay. and he plays the villain a lot like That's um understandable um, in various musicals i've seen him as the villain and he's so good at it i love his voice it's mm-hmm. like so booming and like Wow. he's great yeah he's perfect for it um yeah and like every single one of his numbers are yeah. like absolutely unhinged bangers he gets, he gets the best songs in this musical he does gotta be said songs. he does have the best songs i know everyone's like uh, engelos Kristall is the greatest uh, song ever it's not i'm sorry curialation fucks too hard there's no competition to me and like when i get songs stuck in my head from this musical it's usually uh, one of his and that's also like, I think that's also where they show their talent for um, music the most like they understand genre and they understand t- t- mm. different kinds of music they put like a ch- like a Gregorian chant in there they put like choral church music in there yes um, and the way they work with the harmonies um, and uh, how they like just set the scene with the music that's so good um nope. I, yeah i and the guy i really, love i love Richelieu. He's he, such a he good gives villain. it his all it's incredible the performance yeah. is like nothing else and especially because mm-hmm. i really did not see it coming i was like okay so i get what they're going with like 
the costumes and everything and Richelieu and then they throw that number at me and I'm like so late <laughs> in the, to the musical and they still surprised me wild mm. <laughs> so yeah also I have I mean, no idea what he was saying during this number I was way um, too distracted <laughs> she, she just goes like believe in God yeah, God yeah, will yeah, yeah, you yeah. know fix it and he's like he's the reason we're doing this war for sure nothing yeah. political to see here no. Um, no but I think that's like the the way they wrote his character is also um to like it they get around explaining so much of the political like context of it because you just know this this guy is plain evil and he just wants power and like he doesn't care and his justification always is that's what god wants from him yeah and then uh, the way they also put him together with milady the winter um it tells such an interesting story because like he is a man of the church but he's just constantly horny for her like he is like and he's extremely repressed about it it's not like he you know uh is trying to get with her he knows that that's fucked up um and so i guess the story that they're telling there is that this guy um is like in celibacy but he wants to fuck so badly <laughs> that he gets out all his urges by starting a war <laughs> um uh, respect that an interesting uh an interesting approach yeah. and i mean the musical does both i think to a point the book does that as well uh, very much mm -hmm. um the sort of uh, king versus cardinal which mm -hmm. historically speaking not the case the king loved the cardinal um mm -hmm. and, like this was a, co a joint venture this yeah. um war against the protestants and yeah. the english and everyone very much not a the evil cardinal tricked the king into it Mm -hmm. But if you want the musketeers to be the good guys, you gotta make the guy they work for the good guy of the yeah, story. Yes. Unfortunately, it's the fucking king mm -hmm. of France. Mm -hmm. so, yeah, the most popular guy looking back at history. Yeah, it's it's all the cardinal's fault, of course. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Um but but also like the the relationship between Richelieu and uh, Milady is so interesting because like once again they clearly show that Yes, she does some fucked up shit, but she has no leverage in like in this relationship. She yeah. just has to do everything she asks uh, he asks of her because he's the only one who can like redeem her of her like fleur de lis and the the mark she has. Um and so like she is powerless in this, yeah. in this. which I think It's a good story for sure. Mm -hmm. What a shame. She's not a powerless woman in the novel. Yeah. That's like I said. I want to well, talk about the hashtag feminism of it yeah. later because there's. I think it it centers around the role of Milady, but also Queen Anna and Constance. Um, <laughs> Constance. <laughs> yeah. This is every adaptation does this. Constance in the book is a married woman. She's married to the housekeeper that of D'Artagnan, mm -hmm. and um, she's very much framed as this. This guy is uh, having an affair with the wife of a guy, mm -hmm. um, justified only by the 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 guy eventually like becoming a spy for the cardinal because you know uh, Constance is involved with the queen, and so mm -hmm. they hope to get some information about the queen from. Constance and through her husband and yeah but the point is like D'Artagnan is not a good guy <laughs> he very much um, 
pesters and pursues a married woman. Mm. Yeah, no, in this story, it's like the, the husband so is cute. an abusive, uh, abusive. No, she doesn't have shit. a husband. She's, she does. No, no. She's 100% single because adultery is bad. Uh, she just says she almost married the guy for, for his money uh, to help her family, but she then didn't. And he, she still works for him, though. Oh, okay. I was 100% convinced that she is married to him. I mean, or it's like entirely at possible at I misunderstood to him. It's possible I misunderstood it, but I I feel like I remember her saying I almost married him. Hmm. Like it's a very vivid memory, yeah, because okay. to me that was relevant because I did want to write down things that mm -hmm. are different from the okay. book and that is it's a big departure from the book. Of very funny. I guess then I just completely uh, like Maybe it's different point, in different stagings. I, like, it's yeah, not that hard for her to say staging, oh right? that's my the piece of shit husband or like that's not that big mm -hmm. of a difference thematically okay. speaking well yeah either she's um, married to him or almost married him and not married to him but anyway the guy is a piece of shit and it is like, I mean no he's also a piece of shit in the book that mm -hmm. that's gotta be said but like yeah. point stands yeah, no, in this one, it's just a very cute, simple, easy love story, oh, yeah. which they need to make the, like, devastating impact later way more devastating. Also, like, D'Artagnan in the book is, like, extremely jealous, like, mm -hmm. to a, to the point of discomfort for the reader. Mm, yeah, but no, yeah, one, it's not, I'm not gonna get flirt. into all the details, but yeah, yeah. it's uh, so cutesy in... In the musical, although I do gotta say that one number, I don't remember where it is, when um, you know, they declare their love for each other to each other, mm. and um, he's like, I just, I didn't even like get your name like from you, and she's like, oh, mm -hmm. I'm Constance, and she holds out her hand, and mm -hmm. instead of kissing it, he shakes it really hard. Yeah. That is my favorite part. That I yes. love that very much. <laughs> he is enjoyed that bit, immensely. A bit of a himbo. Like, they oh, could yeah. have done more with that, um, but oh, uh, he's they, definitely yeah. a little bit stupid. Um, <laughs> and, uh, yeah. Also, but yeah. Like in I, general, I mean, they, they toned down adultery a lot in this adaptation. Like, also the thing with the Queen and Buckingham. Yeah, 100% in the book, like, an actual affair that they have. Like, mm -hmm. this is 100%. Like, it is, of course, sugar-coated, but, like, this is like in the musical. It's like half plot of Richelieu and half just remembering some past flirt mm -hmm. or whatever. And it's so like nobody can do wrong in this story. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, <laughs> it it is so interesting because it's also like a big part of the characters, like of the Musketeers, that they're very, I guess, promiscuous. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, um, big time. I mean. I also wrote down, like, I, I have one note that just says something like, uh, oh, yeah, German or, like, European musical. Gotta put a scene with a prostitute in there for no reason. Like, always, always they have that where, like, a sex worker, um, yeah. uh, you know, uh, comes and opens a, a scene and sings a song. And um, it's not really part of the story, but it also sets a scene of, like, yeah, these these guys are not innocent in any way. Um, <laughs> they they do, um, yeah, they do they fuck can. around, I guess. <laughs> um, and they, like D'Artagnan is like I said, a big flirt. Like he comes uh, to the city and he immediately starts flirting with women, even before he meets Constance, and then mm. um, 
the moment he meets Consoles, he's like convinced. Cured. That, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, does he still flirt with other women later? Maybe he does. I think that's just, you know, his natural charms. He yeah, I think his natural charms flirt. are working, yeah. Um, I mean, even when he talks to the musketeers, sometimes it feels like he's flirting. <laughs> but I guess that and might that just be That is very in tune with what how I read the book. But yeah, I think they could have leaned in there. Yes. That guy is very fun. I like the, the actor. Uh-huh. Yeah, I had a huge crush on him when I was Oh, <laughs> I understand that. I would have had to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think that that scene um, where uh, we see them interact with uh, these sex workers in that, I guess, tavern um, is also the one where we get Engelaus Kristall, uh, the big yeah. Arthas number, where we finally understand that, yes, the guy um, Milady was talking about is him. Yep. Um, where he tells his side of the story of like, oh yeah, I there was this woman and I loved her and um, uh, and she broke my heart because she was a slut before we were married. Yeah, and basically. Yeah. The thing is, even back then, I could never fully feel bad for him because that's <laughs> such a stupid reason. Let's <laughs> love like... that for you. Born woke. <laughs> yeah, and also Engelaus Kostal is a German addition to the musical. The original Dutch one has a very sad and slow ballad there. Yeah, the, the original song is, I think it's called Leave the Latinot Alive. So um, he's he's talking about how all these years ago he had this woman and she broke her heart, but he can still not let her go. Whereas Engelaus Kristall is like, it is a banger. Honestly, I love it. it I mean, yeah. But it's very harsh. Like um, there is like, so much anger in there and resentment. And that makes more sense to me because in the end, he decides that she has to die. So <laughs> I mean... Yeah. That already sets the scene for that. Um, he is still angry about whatever, like her having uh, previous like, relationships. She, it's, it's especially because it's set in this context of yeah, they're talking to sex workers and they're hanging out at a place where sex workers work, um, and it's apparently a fine thing that they. You know, I'm starting have... to think maybe the musical wasn't as like, oh, they are perfect and have never done wrong as I initially perceived it to be. Yeah, but it's all just very implied, you know. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh yeah, she's a slut and therefore she deserves. Like, I can't. Kid I, I can't out. tell like... if it's genuine criticism of fucking Christ, Atos as a character, or if it is just the two thousands. Yeah, being Honestly, very I, misogynistic, I just as they yeah, were. they can't tell. I cannot tell. You can't tell the mm -hmm. difference between genuinely trying to be like, "Hey, by the way, do you see the double standard?" Or like, "We have the double mm -hmm. standard, and we don't care." <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's the latter. Honestly. Yeah, probably right. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. I did have um, one note that I just saw that I think is very fun. It just says, "Girl boss, my lady," in in yeah. parentheses. Hell yeah. Yeah, she is a girl boss. She's that. That's probably in the in the manner scene, like uh, the the song where she rages about how all men are yeah. bastards. Yeah, and that is the one where I put that note down. Yeah, and that's also where she like goes full on dominatrix. Like she wears a, a tight <gasps> leather wild. suit and rolls around um, 
I'm not sure if that's also in the German staging of it, but in the in the original Dutch staging of it, um, she literally like there's guys who li- lie on the floor and she lies on top of them and they roll and she kind of like goes. Yeah, I th- I <laughs> believe that's in that version. Yeah, too. and like she gets carried around by them and uh, yeah, it's it is so fun. Like, um, it's also like a huge issue, of course, because like this woman who was raped as a young girl is now completely overly sexualized. <laughs> but I mean, yeah. it is fun, so it's mistakes fine, I guess. were made. Yeah. I also I have the note, a cartoon punch sound, my beloved. It dominates <laughs> this musical, and it brought me so much joy. Yeah. Every time they fought. Doom. Absolutely, Fucking yes. hilarious. I mean, that's one of the things I also love about the staging of this, um, is that the fights are so good. So good, yeah. I wrote that down, too. The choreography for the fights is absolutely mm-hmm. incredible. Like, the, the fencing scenes especially, and that's, um, I mean, uh, like I said before, I watched this um, amateur staging of it, and they all took fencing lessons for Amazing. over a year, like theater fencing lessons. Because it's so elaborate, um, and I think yeah, it, th- they did so much with that, and that's like it is just f- so fun to watch live because I, uh, like I that's one of the reasons. Um, this is also about where we meet the the gay. Oh yeah, assistant, James. I <laughs> James, right? I think it's James. James yeah. Um, and he's a fun character. He's like just he he's just there to be gay to be and gay, judgy, yeah. um, and judge everybody gaily. And he has a bit of a crush on D'Artagnan. And I think yeah. I I wrote down um, that D'Artagnan is a little bit of a bi disaster. But honestly, this musical is one of the straightest shows. No, but there is like one line where I was like, there is hope yet for them yeah. for this musical. Like very late. Uh, in the music, I think there's somewhere in Act Two, uh, where like everyone like comes together in a scene and in a fight, and like uh, D'Artagnan and the Constance are reunited, and James is just also there. He makes he, he d- makes another reference to how attractive he thinks D'Artagnan is, and Constance is like, "I saw him first, implying yeah. that there was a chance for James there at one point if he had yeah. only been there sooner." <laughs> I guess that's also just very early 2000s oh, yeah. line. Like, I mean, that would no, yeah. have happened in any kind of show or play or whatever uh, around that time. Yeah, you, you get to have a gay character and he gets to be comic relief. Um, yeah, but but that's, yeah, that's the the biggest thing that we get from this. Although at one um, point, D'Artagnan just straight up kisses a dude. Because he's so excited talking about yeah. Constance, and True. that just that. happens. He does that, but he, you know, he gets away with it because he's like that with literally everybody. Yeah, but that was a very that scene where he's so excited about being in love that he just kisses everyone around him. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah, very good. That's very love like, potion number nine. He <laughs> is a good main character. Like he is a good yeah. romantic hero for this story. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> And, like, that that makes the impact of the second act even, like, harder. Well, we're going to get to that. Because that's the next note I took. Um, that, 
I mean, mostly what I have before Act 2 is just repetitions of my previous thoughts of who the fuck is it that Milady loves? Please, God, yeah. just say one name. And okay. uh, that the set design... Because every single new set was like, holy shit, the set design is so good. Yeah. And um, yeah, fuck that they, you know, had to completely erase any flaws of the Musketeers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also that I got very confused about the plot because I, it, it was so mixed up in my brain with like what I remember from the book and what's in other adaptations. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm lost now. Where are no, we? No. <laughs> yeah. It it goes back and forth a lot also, like with the with the necklace that uh, Queen Anna gives to uh, Buckham- Buckingham Which... and that goes to London and then they have to get back the necklace. And it, it that, I mean, that is similar. I mean, the book, it's not a necklace. It's 12 diamond studs, like needles that you decorate mm-hmm. a dress with, I suppose. I never mm-hmm. completely understood what they are because no adaptation ever made them diamond studs as far as I can remember <laughs> okay. seeing. Everyone goes yeah. with the necklace. So I'm mm-hmm. still not entirely sure what they mean. But mm-hmm. yeah, I guess it's uh, needles with diamonds on them, I guess. And okay, in the see. book, this is such an elaborate plot. I'm surprised I still remember uh, the meat of it. But she gives them to Buckingham. It's an actual sign of her affection because mm-hmm. this is not just a plot. They are very much in love. Mm-hmm. And he goes back home uh, with them. Then we show you um, and like Milady sort of co-work on this plan to tell the king that he should demand um, the queen wear these diamond studs because they were a gift and for for like some event it's not in the musical it's his birthday I don't think it's his birthday in the book I think it's just some ball and yeah. um, she's like oh yeah sure of course I have them here don't you trust me I love you okay um, and then she immediately goes to Constance like I need someone to get back these needles and mm-hmm. she's like I, I know a guy and she sends D'Artagnan and the Musketeers and like in the musical like one by one they get decimated on mm-hmm. the way and only D'Artagnan makes it but like somewhere in between there Milady gets ahead steals some of the needles for uh, uh what are they diamond studs from buckingham to bring them to the cardinal to reveal once the queen has not all of them hey i have them because she gave them to buckingham like that was the big mm-hmm. plan like he has the missing ones yeah but when d'artagnan arrives at buckingham's and he's like well i can give them to you but uh, I realize now that I have some missing. Somebody must have stolen them from me. What happens is that Buckingham just gets fakes made of the needles to replace yeah. the ones that are missing. And it's like, okay, you stay here for like a day or two until they are done. Like I'm locking my jeweler in my home to okay. m- do nothing but work on these copies so we get them done in time. And there's also, like, up. vibes there, like, between D'Artagnan and Buckingham. Like, there are some vibes there where okay. he's forced to stay there and wait for the copies to be made. And then he sends D'Artagnan back with, like, a full set, some of which aren't r- actual, the original, mm-hmm. and, like, goes back and the queen gets them just in time and mm-hmm. all's well. And the cardinal yeah. is pissed because now he has okay. the extra... N- uh, studs, but he can't reveal the plot because that would mean he had to reveal that it was a plot. He was meddling. Yeah. Wild shit. It's very I difficult. Mean, yeah. I, I respect 
what every adaptation does, trying to distill this down to yeah, something. <laughs> they definitely simplified it um, in a way that makes sense, but in a way that also Milady just cannot win, like ever. <laughs> every time you think she's gonna win, D'Artagnan apparently one step ahead of her, or you know, yeah, that is um, like weirdly not like, the vibe in the back. book from my experience. In the book, yeah. it's very much like they try to catch up with her, like they try to get this woman who's always a step ahead of them. Yeah, yes, um, that's that's not the case here. She nope. she is scheming and scheming and scheming, and, and like I love in Act Two how she falls apart more and more, like her hair oh, gets yeah. messy. And she's just getting more erratic and desperate, trying to get some kind of win. Because she, like, at that point, she starts to understand that no matter what she does, Richelieu will never give her what she wants. Um, And even if he did, like, she's she's clinging to this idea of if if she gets her honor back, like, like, she gets reinstated and the church admits that this was all a mistake. She was never, like, she never did anything wrong with that priest because, like, he raped her. Um, even if that happens, it's no guarantee that she will get Atos back. And in her head, that's still this fantasy that she clings to because no. that's all she has. Um, but it falls apart more and more in Act Two, and I think that's incredibly they, yeah, done do also with, job, the, yeah. with the hair and costume. It's very good, yeah. Um, but we skipped a bit. We skipped one of my favorite scenes in any musical of all time. Um, just because the staging is so incredible and you think like especially in the Dutch version you think like oh yeah like half of their budget went into this which which is the the storm scene on the ship oh yes yes yeah that is elaborate as fuck for no reason it's wonderful so they put a whole ass ship on that stage and they make a like I don't know how they create a huge storm it's with like amazing. a video and also a, I guess there's some actual water on the stage because by the end of it D'Artagnan is definitely wet. It's wet, yeah. Um, it's fucking incredible. They went all out. Yeah. I think this is like um, we have huge musicals in Germany. Like there is a huge market for German musicals mm-hmm. or like European musicals. I think German and Dutch ones are like the biggest ones, but but I think this is what qualifies this musical particularly as a like European mega musical, you know, in the way that others are mm-hmm. like Wicked or uh, now Frozen, I guess. Uh, where they put so much money in the staging, in the costumes, into everything. They have such huge effects. Um, for oh, once, like you. it's just one scene that doesn't even really. Yeah, matter. that is also what got me. <laughs> that what got me because it's like, yeah, in the book, the whole you know going by sea is also relevant. Like, who can they trust? And blah blah blah. Where's my lady and all that stuff. But, mm-hmm. um. It is so incredibly elaborate. I don't know where that came yeah. from. I love it. I love that. The drama of it, the music is also so good. Like yeah. it is this is such a banger. With the For choir such a scene where scene that like technically nothing happens. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like it's not like one of those extremely like big numbers for like character mm-hmm. development or something. It's like a step on the way. Yeah. For that, they pulled out that. Mm-hmm. Wild. Yes. And also one of the songs uh, that make watching this live absolutely yeah, amazing. I imagine. Um, yeah, it is just a show. You know, yeah. you you experience so much drama on that stage. 
Um, yeah, amazing. I love it so much. Um, and then the next thing that follows is um, what I call the stratification of Richelieu. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, it's so and good. The, yeah, the song is actually called "Nicht aus Stein," so I think Curia Laser is better. <laughs> yeah, Curia Laser because it's like yeah, in there just as much. Um, and yeah, he gets these tight leather pants and his wow. loose shirt with the dramatic sleeves. I mean, you already described it. Um, absolutely fucking horny for no reason lips in my head right free um but so fun yeah i mean i think we 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 talked enough about that because yeah <laughs> at think, some point I, demons I from hell yeah you know the the the, the chorus of demons from hell um like tearing at the sky from all directions <laughs> in their naked bodysuits <laughs> so wild so wild um yeah very interesting what did surprise me is that constance dies i thought they were going full out with the everything is great and good and nah. nobody does anything wrong i fully thought they're gonna be cowards and not have it yeah. but i'm glad that they were like okay this is an important mm -hmm. part of the story yeah no it it's interesting because for the most part this is such a comedy like it's absolutely yeah. a musical comedy yeah. all throughout act one um and you know constance being this uh, quirky uh, funny uh, girl who's like she's not fully innocent but she is you know she's kind of pure still the same goes for d'artagnan he's also you know we know he's a flirt we know he's a bit like headstrong um but he is absolutely lovable in that we know every time he goes wrong it's just because he's a little bit of an idiot um and also like he like this this way where we repeatedly get his like boy angst and with the song he like sings over and over again about his dad and when he loses his dad and when he's like in in a dark spot he thinks about his dad and what his dad would have done or like that he's so unsure of how to continue because yeah he doesn't know what to do these are romantic heroes in the way that you need for a story like that to work because then the devastating impact of constance dying is yeah. it absolutely crushes you yeah and uh, it goes all downhill from there because yep. like milady also dies yep. um dramatically um, but not before her and Athos get reunited and she gets to sing this like gorgeous ballad about how she hoped they would get back together again. And it's so it's so soul crushing after mm. all the comedy it's, we experience. It's basically the book catches up with the musical. Yeah. It's like, well, this is the price you have to pay for making it only mm. about the funny bits. And and you see that too in the opening of, of Act Two when we see again the the puppet players and the the stage, um, and they have fun up there. You know they make jokes about Richelieu, blah blah blah, um, but they get interrupted and they get punished for you know um, uh, talking badly about Richelieu and uh, like the 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 puppet play gets like torn apart. I think it's implied that that guy goes to prison. The puppet like master conferencier whatever mm. and uh yeah that already tells you that act two as as much fun as it yeah. is to tell the, the story the it act is two opener was uh, like a shock in the sense that 
it felt so tonally different than the rest of the musical. I, I yeah. literally wrote down what on earth about the act mm-hmm. to opener because it starts out the same way as the musical opens and then just veers hard into a completely different direction. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think that sets the tone for yeah. how dark act two is going to get. Yeah. But it's still wild to me that they did that and really didn't apologize for it. Like, they <laughs> full-on went for it. They got completely dark. Yeah, and they kind of don't recover from it. Nope. I mean, They try, but that, that's sort of the problem. In the book, it's no, like, the bad guy doesn't get, the bad guy doesn't get punished. In the book, it's like, Richelieu himself who writes the promotion for D'Artagnan and the musketeers okay. separate. Like, it's like, hey, uh, so this is a promotion for Lieutenant of the Musketeers that I Richelieu wrote because I have that power because the king loves me and we have the same goals and there's no reason for the king to like have anything against me. Like that is just the truth. Yeah. <laughs> um like he's like, hey, I left the name blank. So whichever one of you guys wants it, take it. Mm-hmm. And like the musketeers all end up with their own thing going on, their own lives. Mm-hmm. They separate, and D'Artagnan is like, okay, well, I guess I'm gonna be living my dream, be lieutenant of the musketeers. And mm-hmm. actually, in the book, he like there is regret. Like he's like he thinks about like if it was worth it. Like this was mm-hmm. his dream, but like so much bad shit happened, yeah. and he's like. And he does, doesn't even have his friends. Like, the friends he made along the way are just oh, gone now, too. So it's very much like, was it worth it? Mm-hmm. And I think that is... I mean, that is a heavy heavy way to end the story. And the musical, understandably, doesn't want to go there. But mm-hmm. their recovery is... Like, tonally, it's very difficult in the spot where all these mm-hmm. women died. And now it's like... Yeah, we're celebrating something, though. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think. But it yeah. does end on a dark darkerish note as well but yeah I, th- I think it's still very interesting like uh they celebrate at the ball with the vive la raw um song and uh you know it's implied that the king and queen anna um make up and have sex i guess i guess <laughs> <laughs> um and uh so that's one thing and then also d'artagnan gets to be a musketeer um, Which actually he gets promoted to musketeer much earlier in the book. Yeah, no, <laughs> he's already this, a musketeer by that he's, time. He's just a musketeer by the end of it. Um, and uh, but then it ends on such a quiet note, and that's yeah. so interesting to me because it's it unusual. On, it keeps on coming back to the father song, mm. uh, and then by the end of it, it's just the uh, the musketeers and uh, D'Artagnan at the grave of his mm. father. And him remembering his dad for like the last time, and also the musketeers remembering him. I completely forgot this, by the way, that I at one point I wrote, wrote down D'Artagnan, my favorite Nepo baby, <laughs> because that's literally just it. He gets no, there, he offends so these real, people, though. they want to kill him, and then they're like, oh, but that guy is your dad. Oh, never yeah. mind then, you're fine. Real. real. <laughs> um, uh, very funny to me. Very good. Um, no, but like literally, he he originally came to Paris with a letter from his dad that was supposed mm-hmm. to ensure him a place with the Musketeers, yeah. but the letter got stolen, and that's the only reason he doesn't immediately get in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, and, and and then even musically, it ends on such a quiet note, mm-hmm. which is so interesting because the music before that is so bam- bombastic and like big, and you know yeah. how musicals usually end with like this big chorus and everybody coming back in. 
not this one. Nope. Like it is. Yeah, the, like the I book, said, I, the original yeah. story caught up with the musical. And yeah, end. yes. So then, I like I said, I think it is an ensemble musical, mm. even though D'Artagnan is the main character. <laughs> but by the end of it, not much of the ensemble is left. Like two of the three main women are dead. Yep. Um, and everything else just fades into the background after the ball, and um, and that's I think that's also what makes this musical so interesting to me yeah. because a lot of European musicals, like especially the historicalish ones, are more like dramas, like book musicals in the classical sense, and not musical comedies. Um, but this one sets out to be a musical comedy, and then by the end of it, it's just one of these Although, very like, deeply that is tragic very stories. much also like how the book is. The book is very entertaining in like a genuinely funny way. Like, it you genuinely laugh about it, and then mm-hmm. it just by the end you're like, oh, Christ, mm-hmm. <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, yes. And then also um, the end of it kind of shows to me why the whole politics and everything doesn't really matter because we see most of the story through D'Artagnan's eyes and he doesn't really care about the politics or anything he you know his main goal is to become a musketeer and impress a girl and make his dad proud that's yeah true yeah yeah one thing and one note I took I can't believe we skipped that is the scene where the musketeers are shackled together. I can't oh, believe yeah. we skipped that. <laughs> oh yeah, we skipped that completely. We Choices. skipped most of the plot. Choices. <laughs> yeah. To be fair, not a lot of plot actually happens in Act 2. It's just I all mean, getting wrapped up. It, it feels like... It, yeah, Act 2 is shorter than Act 1. That's, mm. that's one thing. Um, it also has less musical numbers and the musical numbers de- develop more quickly. And it's more, like... They have big musical numbers like Nicht aus Stein, like the Curie Laysom song. Um, and then also the other, like, Richelieu gets so many songs, he gets two yeah, big musical numbers. I think numbers Act 2 is just about him. Yeah. I think. Um, um, his descent into madness yeah. and warmongering. Um, yeah, that's fair. Um, but yeah, the big musical moments that happen are not in the plot as much as in there in act one um there are more like moments where the plot comes to a halt which is also more like a book musical than a musical comedy because a lot of story gets told in musical comedies through the music and in book musicals it's a little bit more like opera where you have arias where the plot comes to a halt uh, and a character um you know sings about their feelings and then the story continues Hmm. um very interesting shift to me um that yeah musically in act two um it moves a lot like from scene to scene to scene um and story gets told in little bits in between um and then we get another big musical number where the story halts but yeah it is it moves differently than the first act i don't know i mean how do we end these again? Like any last words? <laughs> any last words? Oh, is that a threat? <laughs> no, no. I'm Jesus. Sorry. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, it was great fun. Lots of fun. Yeah. The musical, uh, very different than the book, but that is—it's mm-hmm. exactly. It is. Let's say this. It is almost exactly what I expected it to be, mm-hmm. and that's good. I think yeah. not bad. Yeah. Although yeah. it has its faults, but mm-hmm. it was very entertaining. 
Oh, I I did I did say a couple of times that I wanted to talk about like the women and their roles in this musical, and like one of the main points for me, uh, where it shows what they're trying to do with them is that number that they all like all three of them sing together. That's completely out of the plot. Like they don't meet in that moment. Um, and it's called Wer kann schon ohne Liebe sein? Like ah, yeah. um, who who can be without love? And I like it musically. I like the harmonies of it, but it annoys me to no I understand. Yeah, it was very... Oh. It, it absolutely reduces these three yep. women to love interests or, like, defined through their love that they have for the male characters of the show, which is insane because Queen Anna is so much more important to the plot than the king ever is in the story. Like, the king doesn't even sing at any point. She <laughs> sings two or three times. He doesn't even sing. He doesn't sing. But still, she is only completely defined by her love of, like, towards him. And that, I think, absolutely doesn't do her any justice. Yep. And same with Constance. Like, she she could be such an interesting character. Um, and she does a lot to help in this story. Like, she's an important part of the story and of uh, saving, uh, saving Buckingham and uh, getting the jewels back. Um, but... In, in that moment, all three of them come together and just think about, uh, like, they sing about how everything revolves around love and the love they have for these men. And mm -hmm. that is so, that really shows um, the time that it was written in. Because these women could have been so great. Like, um, Especially Milady, if you consider example. the yeah. book, Oldest Balls, mm -hmm. Milady somehow more emancipated in the book mm -hmm. than in the musical yeah you you would think we would like progress to where the women get even more agency in the story mm -hmm. and are even less reduced to mm -hmm. their relationship to men but no, no. nope <laughs> going back in the other direction yeah it's absolutely they're just relevant to the story in a way of how they love these men I don't know. I feel like they were trying to um, to show how great these women are and like how layered they are as characters and how different from each other by showing the different ways they love these men. But yeah, it's sure. it's absolutely wild to me that they like they didn't get there at all. They went in the complete other direction. And what it reminded me of, um, <laughs> not sure if that's a wild comparison, but um, what's her name? Fuck, Irene Adler no. in, in BBC Sherlock. Um, I think that's the exact same thing, I mean, that's right? That's the exact same thing, yeah. Where in the original story, she is a very cool woman with agency. And in the end, she absolutely bests Sherlock Holmes. Like, she gets to be smarter than him. And he has to admit that um, she's better than him in some way. And in the BBC adaptation, which you could think because it's new and, like, um, we have had feminism since then, <laughs> you know, more feminism, um, that uh, she's now even more badass. But no, um, in the end, Sherlock's the one who's better than her and wins and gets to save her. Um, and also, and she's also a dominatrix. Extremely you know? <laughs> reduced to her love for another man, not even a factor yeah. in the book at all. 
like she is uh in in BBC Sherlock Irene Adler is uh you know made weak by her love for Sherlock which is a womanly thing to do I guess and then he has to save her yeah and and that's exactly the same thing that this musical does where they go oh yeah this woman is made weak by her love for a man um which is Athos and uh the only difference is that like when he gets the chance to save her he doesn't and also she's wildly sexualized and gets to be a dominatrix for no reason um and you know that's it's wild but yeah i think i think that's one of my main criticisms of this that yeah i would agree uh, there while i absolutely love watching these women and especially milady Mm. um and all her songs are great and i love when she gets to be sexy and hate men Mm -hmm. um they don't do these female characters justice at all no No. yeah Yeah. i mean that and the fat phobia and uh, also (laughs) yeah so i i think the conclusion here at the end is fun musical that is of its time noticeably and did its best with what it, you know, with it, you know, what it, what it can do as a musical <laughs> adaptation mm. of such a very um, elaborate book. Absolutely, and I mean the the thing that draws me back to it every single time is definitely the music. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, um, because it is so 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 good, um, and also the staging because, like I said, it is so fun to watch live. It is, like, huge mm-hmm. in, in its dimensions, and I think that's also the reason why it's not played as much anymore, because not many stages can afford <laughs> no. to make it that big, yeah. and it kind of relies on but being that I big. I think it would also work if you reduce it. Like, yeah, it, it doesn't, like, need these big stages necessarily. No, it doesn't. I mean, the, the amateur production that I watched, I think they, like, they had a... Th- I don't know what their budget was, but it was small, and they showed it at like a university uh, on a tiny stage. They did great with it. Um, like they had amazing, amazing talent uh, in in every way. They like especially with the costumes and everything. They did so well. Um, but yeah, it is no comparison to this big stage and this like huge staging that they did. So yeah, I think you can do it on a small stage. Um, but like one of the big big appeals of it is to have it be that big it's like i imagine like wicked you could stage wicked in a way that's like small scale and mm. um less less costumes less stage uh, i mean all the technology that's going on with alphabet flying and all that you could stage it that way and it would still be a good musical but part of the appeal is yeah. that she flies the, yeah, you know yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah all right so i i think that's it um for this episode thank you for listening um and we want to thank we salome on tumblr for our cover art and if you want to talk to us you can find us on tumblr and on tiktok at gtsy podcast or you can find us on twitter at crimcast or send us an email at crimcast at gmail.com so yeah, I think all that's left to say here is um, the lady did nothing wrong. <laughs> the lady did nothing wrong and the musketeers are cops. They're musketeers are cops. Bye! Bye! <laughs>